This episode of The Taylor Stevens Show is brought to you by listeners, readers, and patrons. If you'd like to learn how to support this podcast, please visit www.patreon.com slash taylorstevens. This is Taylor Stevens, the New York Times best-selling and award-winning author of Kick-Ass International Thrillers, and this is The Taylor Stevens Show with my good friend Steve Campbell, where we are kicking writing in the butt for one word at a time. Taylor, knowing your educational history, I don't know if this is going to be a, a, a good question for you, but I, I have had... A, I've had situations in the past where it's like I'm showing up for a test in college or high school or something, and it's like... I have no idea whether I'm going to answer one question correct out of 100 or 100 out of 100 because of the way my brain is working. I have, Has that ever happened to you? I, I mean, with regards to a test? Uh, I don't think regards to a test, but it certainly happened in our previous conversation where I sound like a crazy person. <laughs> well, I, that's, it's kind of what I feel like now. It's like we're coming into, we're recording the podcast. It's kind of a test. We're going to either pass it or fail it. I have no idea whether we're going to get an A or an F for this because when we were talking prior to this, it was, uh, let's just say it was an adventure. <laughs> okay. So what happened was I said, Steve had thrown me an idea of a topic and I said, oh, that's really good because I have something to talk about that kind of leads into that. And I tried to explain it to him without actually telling him what it was. And I just sounded like insane. Like it all made sense in my own head, but nobody else could follow along. <laughs> and I'm hoping that when she explains what it is she's going to be talking about, that we'll all follow along. Right. So the actual topic that we're hoping to get to is to sort of fill out or continue on with a discussion we started either last week or the week before where we were talking about things that I had included in stories that I wish I hadn't because they sort of dated it. I think I specifically brought up the, the subject, the detail of the black phone. Um, and so we wanted to carry that over into talking about the pros and cons of including current events in your stories, like, for example, the pandemic or, you know, whatever po political things are happening in the moment. And I definitely have thoughts on that. But it triggered, there's this thing that I wanted to talk about. It triggered it, something. It, it links, <laughs> but I can't tell you how it links until I tell you what happened. So here's here's the deal, okay? I, the story that I'm writing right now is, it a, a good portion of it takes place in Odessa, Ukraine. <laughs> Odessa, Ukraine, as it was before the war. and. When I had mentioned this, like, this is a big deal for me. Like, do I have to completely rewrite the story? Like, I've spent this far just trying to get this far into the story years because of the stop starts and then my brain broke and just, you know, it's been such a struggle to even get to this point. And now what? It's all for nothing. Do I start over? And I, I really, really thought about it, thought about it long and hard. And I decided, no. I'm just going to keep it as it is. 
And I have my reasons for doing it this way. I'm not going to articulate them all now, but I'm going to keep it as it is. So I continue going and I hit this sequence in the story where I wasn't sure I needed something like, you know, a way for someone to get from one building to the next or out of a building without being seen by satellites, by anything, to just be able to disappear. And so in my mind, the easiest way to do that is if there happens to be a tunnel or something, you know, buildings often have underground walkways. But so much of that depends on the location. Not everywhere builds like that because, you know, if you're dealing with shifting soil or a very high water table, things like that, you're just not going to have as much of that in that particular location. And it's one of those really small, tricky things that when I always talk about, you need to do your research, make sure you get facts right. Those are the types of things that'll hang you up. Well, that's an example of what I'm talking about. I'm not going to write a scene where they, the characters can just, you know, go down an underground passageway if the city happens to be in a place where there are no underground, like that's a very rare thing. Like where I live in Texas, for example, basements are incredibly rare. You just, we just don't have them. If you do have them, they're usually like a tornado shelter or something like that. I mean, they, they do exist, but they're very rare. So talking, writing a story where basements are just common everyday things, somebody who lives in Texas and be like, wait, what? Because it's just, just not a thing here in this part of Texas. So it's kind of like in that vein. Now, normally when I am researching a city, I will, no, not even a city, a country, culture, everything, just really trying to get the details straight. I will, I will try to find something that's very unique about a place that something that maybe people who haven't been there would be interested in and and incorporate that into the story, not just as a like a sightseeing thing, but where it actually ties into the story. And I mean, if you if you read any of my stories, you you find stuff like that in there where I'm playing off whatever is the the natural habitat, I guess you could say, to and interweaving that into the story so that it feels very natural and a part of what's happening. But I didn't do that so much with this story because I wasn't really planning to write about the city so much. It, it, it wasn't. It was just where something was happening. And the reason why these things are happening were more geopolitical than due to the nature of the city itself. So I did not do that type of research for the city. I wasn't planning to incorporate interesting things into the story. It was just, let's get there, do what we need to do, deal with the geopolitical situation, and which is what brought all these characters together and move on. But now I hit this, this scene where like, okay, I need to know if I'm on the right track. So I go to Google and I type in Odessa, Ukraine, underground passageways. And Google blows my brain. <laughs> it just blows my mind. Because as it turns out, out if I had actually researched the city for the city's sake. Odessa, Ukraine has the largest underground catacombs in the entire world. The entire city sits on top of 
limestone catacombs that were initially um, quarries that were built for the stones that they built their buildings out of. And these passageways and catacombs are two, three, in some places, four levels deep. There are 20, over 2,500 kilometers of tunnels underneath Odessa. And there are so many of them that they have never been mapped. Like some have been mapped, but not all of them. And they're dangerous, not because of collapsing, but if you go down there and do not know what you're doing, you will get lost and you will die. So the city has sealed off most of these entrances to try and keep kids from going down there. And there they there are areas that have turned them into tourist attractions. And you know, there's some parts of the tunnels that are or catacombs that are, you know, in better condition than others and, and that you can see them. But for the most part, you've got over a thousand miles of tunnels underneath this city that nobody even knows where they lead or where they go. <laughs> and I'm like, oh underground passageway <laughs> thank you <laughs> thank you city for providing me exactly what i needed for this story and if i'd been smart about it i could have done something really awesome with it but it just it just i'm sitting here going well that's completely backwards now isn't it like i need this and now the most interesting detail about the city is completely squandered and i only happened upon it accidentally so yeah that's my little story but it does tie into this subject of you know, including current events or whatever in your stories, because I am writing about Ukraine, which, as we all know, is currently in a state of turmoil. And so, yes, I very much have opinions on that. And now I have done my little explanation, chit chat, and now everybody sees that I'm not crazy and it actually does tie into the topic of today. There, it did it. (laughs) So... Um, this story that I'm writing right now that takes place in Ukraine is a really big break from how I would prefer to do things because my own personal take on the pros and cons of writing these types of things into stories is I prefer not to do them. I I prefer not to. I, I, I really would prefer to keep the stories as, I don't know, say timeless as possible. And that's for the sake of reading enjoyment. I think because if a story has something in it that clearly dates it, unless the story is written in such a way that it is in that era, for example, if you were to write a story about the 80s and everything was 80s related, then you would want, you know, the 80s politics, the 80s technology, the 80s hair (laughs) in that story. That's a different kind of dating. That is like, it's specifically dated for that era. But if you're writing a story that isn't specific to that time, it's just a thriller or it's a romance or whatever, and you put stuff in it that date that just a few things here or there accidentally or inadvertently that date the story then someone 15 years from now is reading it enjoying it as 
if it's happening in their current understanding of the world and then something shows up in it that completely throws them because like, wait, what? And you realize, oh, this story is really old. And it just does something, I think, psychologically that you're not prepared for. And I think I've done a pre- pretty decent job, except for that black phone, of, of avoiding stuff like that because I've had people contact me asking me why I made certain choices, word choices in my stories based on um, the way we view the world today that didn't exist 15 years ago. Well, it hasn't been quite 15 years, but I started writing that story 15 years ago. And I have to say, hey, you know, it was different then. And I, um, that was 15 years ago. And it's like it never dawned on them that, oh, yeah, this story isn't, wasn't written within the last few years. Because, I mean, not everybody goes and checks the dates, the publication dates and stuff like that. So that's always been my intent, though. It's deliberate. I want people to be able to follow, like, fall into that story and become a part of it as if it's happening now. And it's really hard to do that when you date something by, you know, what what's happening that year, for example. So the pandemic is a really big one. Um, it's really, you notice it specific, especially like if you're watching documentaries or, um, yeah, mostly documentaries. I haven't really seen it shown up in fiction yet. But you see people on with masks and then you see people not with masks. And because of the masks, you can almost date exactly when those scenes were shot because it's so specific to that time period. So I've seen discussions about this where readers will be the extreme opposite end where they'll complain that you wrote a story that happened and nobody's wearing masks and nobody's social distancing because it happened to come out right in the like early stages of the pandemic, the story did. And so they're reading that going, well, how could this be possible? Because nobody's social distancing or whatever, but the story happened was originally written like a year and a half ago before this big world-changing event ever even started up. So then becomes the question, should I write stuff to accommodate the fact that there was this big world-changing event? And my opinion of it is, unless you're setting it specifically to happen in the middle of that world-changing event, I wouldn't, because 10 years from now, if you've got somebody in story, everybody in story is putting on masks and social distancing, it's like, well, that's weird, because it's not happening right now. Well, fingers crossed it's not happening right now. Um, And so that's kind of where I come from it. It come from the subject is my personal desire is I don't want to include things. So even though, sorry, I don't want to include things that will date that story to a specific time frame unless I am writing about that specific time frame. So if I'm writing a pandemic story, sure, everything's going to be included to to mark that reality of how it was during that time period. But unless I'm writing a specific to that time period story, I'm going to go out of my way to avoid naming specific tech devices, avoid um, going into too much detail about how certain systems operate. I might, I, I will speak of political things in a general nature. So 
let's talk about politics then. You know, I I I wrote the whole Jack and Jill series is all based on Russian US sort of geopolitical cold war hot war you know politics what about that <laughs> i was like i don't know now <laughs> i guess i'll just have to sit tight on that and see how things play out because i wouldn't want to write a third volume of that story where we see those characters trying to find their russian father and figure out who it, who it is and set it in such a way that shifting events make it outdated within a year of it being finished. So I would be searching for ways to speak to larger issues, the larger conflict, and avoid anything that talks specifically about how things are right now. Politics, pandemics, technology. I think like those are the easiest ones to date. I don't go into a lot of detail in my stories about the types of clothing people are wearing in terms of style, but some stories do, especially, um, and I do not say this disparagingly because I enjoy reading these types of stories when I have a chance, but sort of like the brain candy type stories where they're light and fluffy and you've got female heroines or main characters and they do spend time talking about you know and I put on this and put on that and swipe some lip gloss on my lips and they kind of spend some time talking about their outfits and stuff some of them it dates because you can you know if you're too specific in what type of pants you're putting on or whatever then you're like oh so that was written in the 70s I see but um but I don't go into that type of detail in my story. So that's not something I've really given a lot of thought to, but I know that some of our listeners do because those are the types of stories that they write. And so, I mean, God God forbid, I tell somebody else how to construct their own stories. I'm only just saying this is my opinion that I personally would go out of my way to avoid the type of detail that would date a story. And my reasoning for it, again, is simply for reader enjoyment. I think that it does provide a more enjoyable reading experience if there isn't something in terms of detail that keeps pulling you out and reminding you that this isn't happening right now as you're reading. That's my opinion. (laughs) So one of the things that I really enjoy about reading is learning the perspectives of the characters that I like to follow. And you develop a relationship sort of with with these characters, and obviously it's the author speaking through the character, and it's almost always interesting to hear their opinions about things, to hear the characters' opinions about things. Um, And I almost always enjoy that. But I, I was in a situation, this was probably six months ago, But I was thinking about it a couple nights ago because this particular author is about to release a new book and I I ordered the pre-order. But this is, I think, the seventh book in a series. The series has been going on for probably a decade. And for some reason in book six, he decided, and this was, depending on where you live... (laughs) It was either in the middle of the pandemic or after the pandemic was over. 
And he decided to go into a lot of detail about living during the pandemic. Mm -hmm. And while my opinions matched up in in large measure with with the characters in this in this book i was incredibly annoyed to just have to face the pandemic again because i was <laughs> reading this book to just for purely for entertainment purposes and it 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 actually upset me and i stopped reading for a while i i went into i finished it but I, that was interesting to me. I'd never, I'd, I've had that reaction before when someone's trying to force a point of view down my throat, but this, this is not what that was. It was just like, this is a slice of life in this part of the world during this time. But as a reader, I hated it. Okay. I can, I can follow that. I think it's important for this discussion to separate the reasons why you hated it because the pandemic itself and all of the pull it got very politicized it's still politicized and so that politicization of it is a whole its own whole issue it's, it's a lot of baggage that's separate from the ordeal of living through the pandemic. So to discuss the pros and cons of writing very current details into a story, we have to separate one from the other. So I can totally see why something that touches on the pandemic would be very frustrating in terms of, I just lived through this. I don't want to relive it again here. That's not entertainment. 10 years ago, 10 years from now, I don't know, people might feel a little bit differently on that. For me, when I look at that, I see it sort of in the vein of sandwiches and coffee. So if the story is about sandwiches and coffee, chefs, you know, having their preferences and debating the pros and cons of this ingredient versus that ingredient in the process of revealing character or driving the plot forward or whatever. Okay, that works. But if it's filler or if it's just, hey, I'm setting a scene and you need to know the time frame we're in, or the sandwiches that we're eating or whatever, then to me, I see that as this isn't story. This is noise. How do we minimize that noise to focus on the conflict, the characters, the plot, the things that actually truly are interesting to read? And if you can write the same scene without showing the person going through all the steps that they would have to go through with a mask and cleaning their hands and all that kind of stuff. If nothing changes in the plot, nothing changes in the story, then is that extra detail really serving a purpose? Why is it there? Is it just to satisfy the idea that this is the time that we're living in and I'm 
I'm showing you that it exists? Is it to prove that you are, you have something to say and you're going to use this as your way, your soapbox to stand on? Is it just because you think that's how it's supposed to be done? If those are the reasons, then, you know, maybe, maybe not. But if it actually is going to serve the purpose, if this is how things are in the world moving forward, then maybe yes. I don't know. It's it's a tough call for me on something that big. And I've I've read a couple other things also recently where they dealt with the pandemic in a much different way. And it was more of a these are some observations from the pandemic kind of thing. These are some observations from what we all lived through. Um, but it was not taking place in the middle of it. It was kind of an after the fact recognition that this happened. A lot of things changed because of this. And it 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 flowed. There were there were things added to the story because of this, and then it just flowed right over them. And they were the things that were said were meaningful, not from an emotional standpoint, but from a story perspective. Because right. it, it affected change in, in someone and that had something to do with the story. So that made sense versus this other thing where it was having the character espouse an opinion and oddly enough, an opinion that I agreed with, but I still didn't want to hear it. It's like, yeah, it was I'm, still I'm not reading the book for this. Uh, and for it now... With the, with the release of the new book, it, it'll be, I don't know how, I, I can't remember whether it's book seven or book eight coming out, but you've got this weird series that is completely timeless, except for this one yeah, book. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm talking about, is that that dating of it. And I think, I mean, maybe another way to look at it is a little bit like when I read Mary Shelley's Frankenstein, the one and only time I ever read it, I was very... Uh, just wanted the story to be over. I thought it was so boring. And I mean, part of the reason why it was so boring was because, well, I already know the story. But the other part is it just went on and on at great length to describe the scenery and the mountains. And I think we talked about this years ago on this show. But what it was is that back then people didn't travel. They didn't, I mean, they did, but not everybody got to travel. It was something for the rich. And so if you live in a place where you've never seen the grandeur of the Alps, how are you supposed to even know what they look like? And so what that story was doing was providing this landscape and opening up a whole new rich world of visuals for people who never would experience them themselves. And the reason we don't have that in our stories these days and is not because it's so boring but it's boring to us because we already know what it looks like even if we haven't been there we have television we can see we can you know watch it on youtube or, or whatever we don't need to have it described to us in words and in many ways i feel the same about something so big so global like this pandemic even though we did not all experience it universally and the experience in say you know Central Africa is going to be very different than, say, Europe, which would be different than, you know, Mexico. It it It's still universally something that we all experience. We know. We know. You don't have to 
explain it to us. You don't have to, you know, expound, expound upon it. And I, I think it, if you step back and you saw something global like that, that wasn't the pandemic. I don't know what else would be equal, but something more mundane. If you step back and look at something that is sort of a universal experience that is a bit more mundane, would you put that in your story? Would you write your story around that? And if you wouldn't, but you would about the pandemic, why? And I think if you understand why you feel compelled to include certain details in your story that may be specific to the time that you are living in right now, if you understand why you're doing it and how that serves the story, then those two things combined probably will set you on the right path to doing it in a way that does not ruin the story or disrupt the enjoyment of your readers. Because that's always your focus. It's not the, the reason why we even talk about these things in the first place is not, oh, it's the right way to do things. Here's my opinion whatever it's we're we're looking at the end goal is how do i make this the most enjoyable story for my audience and if you know why you're doing it and you have a good reason that will help make the story better then that's one thing but if you're doing it because you have something to say or you're not really quite sure why question yourself and go, ah, does this make the story better? Does this serve a purpose? And if the answer is not a resounding yes, and you can't articulate what that purpose is, take a step back and go, maybe, maybe it could be done differently. That's all. All right. So that is it for this week, an interesting conversation. We will be back with you again uh, next Tuesday. We want your thoughts. So feel free to send them and we will see you guys again next week. Thanks for being here.